This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupans. Where you can now find their fall deli lineup. Roasted parsnips and carrots, pumpkin salads, sweet potatoes, maybe something you want on Thanksgiving or mm-hmm. even Christmas. Bacon and feta salad, cheesy cauliflower, hearty winter grain, just to name a few. And I should point out, Chris, they will be open Thursday morning, Thanksgiving morning. So you can go in there kind of for some last minute shopping. That's actually when I'm picking up the stuff I've ordered. Yes, I'm pretty excited <laughs> for that. But uh, speaking of Thanksgiving dinner, I need to do a shout out to all Zupan's customers who participated in Zupan's Share Thanksgiving Drive in support of the Portland Police Bureau Sunshine Division. This is a it's a great uh, local community help aid. Together they raised $10,000 and earlier this week they built 500 Thanksgiving dinner boxes. I saw this on the news. We in fact we covered it on KXL. Uh, those 500 boxes are going to be able to feed over 4,000 people for Thanksgiving dinner this year. Wow. Just that's... just amazing. So thank you Zupan's customers. And Zupan's too, and Zupan's. for doing that. Yep. And so you can also get a little taste of great wine by going to their Cellar Z, which mm-hmm. houses, uh, it is in Burnside, their Burnside location in Lake Grove, houses a great selection of rare and large format wines. And also they have private dining location over at Burnside as well, so uh, private dining events. So look into that if you have a holiday event where you need to have a great place to do it. Yeah, when it comes to holiday events, Zupan's is a no-brainer. Three locations, McAdam, Burnside, and Lake Grove, or always online at Zupan's.com. Hello and welcome to the Right at the Fork podcast. It's your host, Chris Angelus from Portland Food Adventures. I'm Court Johnson, the other guy. You got a great you got a great haircut going on. I, I, I need another haircut. I am days away from uh starring. No, not starring. Starring. Well, I'm I'm in my daughter's nutcracker performance. Oh. And so I've got to do kind of a Victorian I'm gonna do a curled mustache and a Victorian cut. I gotta find some barbershop that can help me out. Are you gonna be in next Monday with that when we record again? No, 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 I won't be. Oh, man, I'll never get to see it. I, well, I'll, I'll send you pictures. Facebook. You're welcome to come check it out at PCC the first weekend of December. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll be there. There we go. Watch for me in the back. All right. Where, where it's too dark to see anybody. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll know in my heart that you're there rooting me on. Speaking of being there, yeah. we, have, uh, we have Matt Sigler on the podcast today mm-hmm. of Renata. Yeah. And I'm really happy. Um, I think Renata's one of the, our best Portland restaurants, and of course, they're doing Italian food over there, and they're doing some great pizza, and we're going to kick off my uh, Portland Food Adventures dinner series at Renata, January 4th, um, with a six-course meal, and some of, we'll talk about some of Matt's favorite places to go, and uh, we'll have some great food. It's It's a good way to kick off 2018. Yeah, which would be the ninth year in which we've had Portland Food Adventures events. Congratulations! Yeah, if you go to the if you go to the website, you can see we've been at pretty much mo- not every restaurant in Portland that but you want to go to, but a lot of them. Yeah, and so Renata rounds it out. So there, and we're also at uh, with another. We're doing another event um, at uh, Stack Sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Um, Gabriel Pascuzzi, who's had his own pop up PN twenty six, doing uh, his own food, is going to do a Calabrian dinner with oh, nice. us. And we're going to highlight these because we're going to Sicily oh, in, yeah. in September again this year, along with Barcelona and some other places. So 
Anybody's welcome to join us for some of the um, most fun culinary adventures anybody in Portland can have. Who mm-hmm. gets to travel with Jose Chesa of Itala you to can. Barcelona? You can. And uh, Sicily's going to be remarkable. And then we're also, as long as I'm mentioning it, right. I don't want to leave out Mexico City at the end during the uh, Day of the Dead for 2018. Uh, skirting October, November. My in-laws are always, this was actually the first year in, in like a decade they haven't been down in Mexico for Dia, Dia what is it, Dia de los Mortes? Yes. Yeah, and, and they say it's unbelievable to be down there during that. I didn't know much about it, but uh, David Briggs and Catherine Mantarola, with whom uh, we're going down there, has, um, have told me all about it, and we were in the midst of planning some things. So if you're listening to this on the day that it releases on Wednesday, Right before Thanksgiving, we're going to have a Black Friday sale on everything that Portland Food Adventures does. Wow. Which would be local events and also our trips, significant savings on those. So go to PortlandFoodAdventures.com and check that out. Very nice. And it's, uh, it's it lines up perfectly with Matt being our guest on yeah, today's episode. Yeah, so I'm sorry to steal Matt's thunder. No. But Matt is, uh, uh, he's running a big kitchen over there mm-hmm. and he's... He's a Nebraska boy, which we'll hear about, and uh, cut his chops largely in San Francisco um, at some great restaurants down there, and he'll talk about it. Also, uh, Nick Arnerich, the owner of Renata, is going to be with us just to explain a change that happened right after. Literally or, like the next day, right? Yeah, it was or two, two days, days later. Two days it was later. announced, but it turns out that Matt knew it, but for whatever reason, he didn't talk about it, and it's fine. Um, but we wanted to check in with Nick because we thought it would be uh, something we should talk about, and that's adding Chris Frazier as chef de cuisine at um, under Matt Sigler at Renata mm-hmm. uh, coming up. So we just wanted to hear from Nick. That was part of a shuffle that happened in Portland. Yeah. Chris Frazier leaving a canto, and then Eric Van Clay moving into a canto to cook there after he closed his Taylor Whale Works. So, uh, but more importantly. Matt's a great guy, and yep. he's been doing some great things. And I think, from what I can see, everybody in uh, everybody in Portland uh, enjoys working with him. And uh, he was really fun to have on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So what you're going to hear first is your conversation with Nick, the owner. Yes. And then uh, we'll segue out of that into the conversation with Matthew. Yeah, so we start with Nick Arnerich yep. and then Matthew Sigler. Matt Sigler, as I asked him. I asked him the same thing. I said, do, what do friends call you? He's like, the friends call me Matt. I'm right. like, gotcha, you're Matt. So this is Nick and Matt. Listen, the reason we wanted to talk is we had a really nice uh, interview with uh, Matt. And a couple of days later, we read there's news going on. So we thought it was kind of strange to put his interview out there and not address some of the changes that are going on. Great changes at Renata. Um, I mean, just, just growing, you know. Well, that's good. But yeah, it's good. So let's go over. It's not just Chris Frazier coming from Acanto. You've got some other things going on there as well. Exactly, yeah. It's uh, Chris Frazier from Acanto as the new chef de cuisine of Renata. And then we have Chris Chirilla, who was uh, from Fit House Saloon, um, and now is over here and is about to launch his cocktail menu, half of it today, the rest of it tomorrow, or maybe all of it tonight. Well, then it will be there, because this, this is going to, I think we're going to sit on this for about a uh, few days before cool. it, so, uh, Yeah, great. So this will be, uh, he launches his cocktail menu um, tomorrow uh, fully, which will be exciting, because we're excited about what he's doing. He's been working hard. Um, it's pretty exciting stuff. And then we have uh, Liz Clement, who was, um, who's kind of come on as, as uh, kind of 
lead pastry um, kind of chef consultant because my sister's kind of the head pastry chef. She's here every single day, mm-hmm. um, but but she and does the operations of it all. Um, but Liz um, Liz kind of brings a, a lot of experience and a really mentorship to, to Kata, and so it's been really cool because she's been here for the last couple months full time, uh, revamping Figlia's menu, um, revamping our menu. Um, at Renata, um, and then working and teaching my sister to, as a, on a mentor level, and then she's going to go and uh, uh, go over and open open row as the pastry chef, and and uh, which, is, which is super exciting. Um, and with Trent, and and then she's going to spend a little bit of time here, um, kind of continuing to mentoring and develop the program, kind of split between the two. That's pretty good. Um, she's playing which, on an all star team. She's she's I going mean, to row. She's playing with you, and she also came from Coquine. Yeah, well. and the French laundry. I mean, she's old school French. She's oh, just the French, French laundry, laundry for a few years, and and you know, I was there for a few years, and she came a little bit after me. Mm-hmm. Um, but Courtney Schmidt, who's the uh, pastry chef at the time of the French laundry, and now, now who oversees Bennu and uh, Monster Benjamin as the pastry chef um, down in San Francisco with Corey Lee. She, when we were opening up Renata, she called me and said, "Hey, Liz is moving to Portland. You need to talk to her." So we interviewed her with. As well as Coquine and a few, I'm sorry, probably a few other restaurants, um, and then she went to Coquine, which was sad for us, but super excited for Coquine. And then you know they did great things over there, and, and um, which is pretty amazing to put the, put that place on the map as well. So we're excited that it kind of came full circle, and almost three years later, she we had the opportunity to bring her on. Well, that's great. So it sounds yeah. exciting. So the. It was uh, kind of a little musical chairs we heard about last week, which by the time people hear this, it will have been two weeks ago that the news yeah. came out. But I just wanted to hear how the, uh, I wanted, if you could tell us how it all, how the musical chairs happened. How did Chris become available? How did, you, how did this happen? And then we'll talk a little bit about what he's going to bring to the table at uh, Renata. Um, I, I mean, I think it all kind of happened naturally. We hadn't replaced our, our chef de cuisine uh, Brandon, who had left to go to Rue. Um, and we were kind of like, you know, we were in, last year was a hard year. I mean, I think for all restaurants it was a hard year. I mean, some probably did better than others. But with the weather, change of business, the climate, everything was just, it just seemed it was really difficult. Business was, was, was vo- not volatile, but it was volatile. And it was hard, and costs are going up. And uh, we kind of just kind of sat on it. But as we, as we were going kind of through it, and as we started to realize, we really started to understand the structure a lot more of Renata. Um, and we had a few people that needed some time off, and we realized that, you know, how, how integral the chef de cuisine position is for Renata as well as for Figlia um, as, 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 as kind of individual day-to-day operation chef de cuisines um, to kind of keep things going if people, you know, things don't, you know, things, things are hard in these big restaurants. So... We were lucky, and we were talking um, about what, who, to, who, to, who we could, who could be that position. And I'd worked with uh, Chris um, down in uh, San Francisco, um, and I love his food at Acanto. And I just called him, and I just asked, you know, in respect to Acanto, and 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 said, hey, look, I'd love to talk to you about this position, and I would love to see if it would be something you could bring on and work with me and Matt and Sandra, um, you know, as the, as the ownership and vision of the restaurant and kind of work together. And, you know, you know, a few weeks later, a few meetings, um, we, were, we were able to, 
to kind of make things work. And um, we're super excited. I'm super excited to work with Chris. I'm super excited to have him on the team. He brings he brings a lot to the table, um, and it's great. So good. This was uh, I I guess I understood this, but. This was a replacement that you just hadn't done for a long time. So you yeah, had a well, shift. Well, not for a long time, for a few months. But what, you know, we were kind of, as a businessman, was kind of like, all right, well, I'm going to, you know, not save money, but save money on the position until we needed it or find the right candidate. Right. And as, and as we had people going on vacation and taking time off, I realized how important the structure was of this restaurant. It's a, we have a big restaurant. We're whole animal. Um, Matt and I are ambitious with what we want to do, um, which is good and bad. Um, but we make everything in-house. Well, it's a little easier to be ambitious now with some more hands on deck. Too, exactly. And so we realized, what, you know, what do you do? How do you do? You know, and in this restaurant, you really need a team. We have, you know, over 37 employees that work at Renata, and it's, 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 a, it's a production every day to get the doors open. So the CDC of Renata was integral, and Brandon was, uh, was a hard choose to fill, and we were able to, to get get really blessed with Chris. So Michael Russell, when he uh, wrote his article on this change or, or Chris coming, mm-hmm. used the words could cre- that it could create an intriguing clash of styles. <laughs> what, how would you respond to that? Well, Chris is really, really deep, deeply rooted in Italy and the simplicities of Italy and really is like a really, I mean, I think Michael said something like a pasta purist or whatever it is. Yep. But... And so I think that that's great. And I think what's great about Matt and me and what we've been doing at Renata is we've, we've had some fun with the pastas. You know, we've, 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 we've brought elements to the table and ingredients to the table that are different. Um, and I think one of the things that we've struggled in some ways is, is, is finding those really roots in Italy. Because um, really, Renata, you know, was, 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 was always really wanted to be Italian, Italian as it is, but... We, we, we kind of are more Californian, more Pacific Northwest in some ways. So for me, I think to find that simplicity and that balance in the menu, I think is going to be really nice. Um, it's not going to be easy, you know. Um, well, it'll take a little time a, to, yeah, it'll take to, time, but that's, to get their bearings. That's what it's about. Yeah. Well, like, good. We're not, so here, we're not here to, we're not here to, 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 we can't be perfect every day. We try to be, but we just, we got to try to be better and learn and grow. And sometimes there's challenges that we don't, foresee, but I'm really excited. Great. Well, you have, what, five, I think there's about five or six, five weeks until we have our Portland Food Adventures dinner yeah. there, January 4th. Yes. So um, I'm looking forward to uh, to uh, enjoying the, the new lineup there and, and the menu as well. It should be fun. It should be, we, should, we, should, we should be actually getting, starting to hit our groove after a a long holiday season. Well, that's what I'm fun. thinking. Five weeks is perfect. I think it'll perfect. be fun. Yeah, so... We're excited. Uh, we're, and thank you for including us and, and asking us to do it. We're, we're oh, on. man. I was going to thank you for inviting Portland Food Adventures into your house. So oh, Vice versa. We're, we're excited. I think it's going to be fun. Good. We'll have a love fest on January 4th. Thanks so much, exactly. Nick, exactly. for... Uh, holiday party, you know? Yes, exactly. Thanks so much for uh, just uh, coming in and commenting on, on what's going on at Renata. We thought it would be... As I said, appropriate since we uh, since we have Matt and we've been trying to get Matt on for a long time. So everything kind of converged and uh, and we appreciate you taking the time today. Well, I appreciate you asking me to take the time. Have okay. a great day. Okay, thanks, Nick. All right. So there we go. There's there was your conversation with Nick. Yeah. So it's good to hear uh, how that occurred. 
I didn't know that uh, there was an opening there for quite a while, and Chris fills that ably, and they've given a lot of thought, and that's two skilled chefs, because Acanto is one fantastic place, and has been for a long time. Um, so that's two skilled chefs at uh, Renata now, one of whom is Matt Sigler. Nice hat. Where's that from? Uh, fat tire. Fat tire, you know, it's uh, it's nice. I notice, you know, chefs have nice hats. It's one thing the restaurant yeah. industry is good at. Yeah, you know, I hats. think that everybody wants to give you a hat. You know, it's the new thing. So it's like you show up somewhere, somebody's like, "Hey, man, have a hat." So I've like quite a nice hat collection actually, and and they know, put thought, time, <laughs> and thought into the the design. Yeah, well, I think that. Well, see, I like see, I'm country boy, so like I got the bent bill, you know, but that's natural with this hat right here, but. Um, I think that, uh, uh, yeah, like I have a pretty good collection and, and plus I'm going pretty bald, so it doesn't hurt to cover it up, you know? <laughs> I kind of get the rationale sure. for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, can I get your uh, position on the flat brim, which is popular these days, where people, uh, pretty much comes out of the packaging <clears throat> and put it, people right on. In fact, right. they almost flatten it even I more. Got, I got commentary on that. Yeah. It does not work well for me because it's like, uh, you know, that's kind of like... That's the, you know, that's the, that's the G'd out version, you know, and I kind of like, I have this round off face, so rounding the bill to meet, meet my round egg shaped sure. head. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, <laughs> what can happen is, see, I got this pretty cool hat that I just happen to be, once in a while I just Google my last name and there's a company called Angelus that does uh, painting of, sne- they paint for sneakers and stuff, uh-huh. so for, which I wasn't aware of because it's like the whole hip hop thing and so i ordered this hat they had a special on this hat and it is really nice the embroidery of the word angelus but it came with a leather bill that's really flat right and rigid can you rigid and then it's a little high so when i wear it i feel like (laughs) man i'm like a rapper guy and then sometimes if i have a little necklace on it's like wow i think i got this on backwards it's like um i really feel too much that part so Interesting that you're mentioning that because just this morning I had to take that hat. It's on my wood stove. And with, yesterday I realized before it burned up, it, it needs to come off. And so I was holding it this morning. And I once again, every time I put it on my head, I don't like the way it looks, but I love the hat. I bent the bill finally like yours. Uh-huh. And it's okay. I think I can wear it. I will wear, I will wear it sometime soon sure. for you court well, next time we're here in the studio please do. yeah there are there any that say johnson on top of oh them? I, there's there's so many johnsons i remember the uh johnson man, controls yeah and there was the there was all sorts of big johnson oh the big johnson, there's t-shirts. Big johnson t-shirts remember those <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, those, that, those, those are, are pretty big. good yeah <laughs> those are really big yeah so the bottom is, line is i like that hat and everybody's into the whole trucker thing now yeah i think it's the big it's the thing you know like those those back to those flat bills, you know, like you got to kind of cock them to the side or, or wear them up above your, like, you you know, I have a big forehead, so it's like, you know, I can't really put it up there. It shows too much, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like know, a girl wearing a but short skirt. But you really skirt. have it bent. Yours is really bent. Yeah, well, that's where this one came, though. I didn't even bend it that way. Really? Yeah, but, you know, back in the day, like, you used to, like, bet, you know, put really the rubber bent. bands around them. Mm-hmm. Like to a, keep them Like, just way. like a baseball glove, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, were you a baseball player? I was. Yeah, I played baseball all the way through to walked on my freshman year in college and uh, second baseman, and I loved it. You know, it was great. Grew up a Cubs fan. You know, Ryan Sandberg was my hero. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> know those days. So, you grew up in Nebraska. That's right. Yeah. And uh, you know, your whole story when I read it, 
it doesn't equate to chef, a great chef at a great Portland Italian restaurant. It yeah, does, I've been, I've except for your mother was Italian. Well, my or is my Italian. grandmother was Sicilian. Grandmother was yeah, Sicilian. Yeah, so my okay. mom actually is like uh, is part German, part Scandinavian, and part Italian. Okay. Like my grandmother was kind of the Italian side. My grandfather was all uh, German. And then on my dad's side, my grandmother was Sicilian, and oh. my grandfather on my father's side was German as well. So mostly wow. German, 50% right here. Are you really? Yeah, you know. Okay. Sausage, so, you know, sausage fingers. So, that's why I can, I can make sausage. What part of your personality uh, exposes your German side? Uh, well, I'd say, like, I, you know, like, I mean, both my grandfathers kind of had good sense of humors, and uh, my father as well, you know. I think the, like, the outgoing version of myself is for sure, you know, those guys that always had, always could make friends and always, like, had good, good uh, rapports with everybody, so... I'd yeah. probably say that was it. Probably be it. Yeah. yeah. Well, Italian too. So, have you been to Sicily? I actually have not been to Sicily. My last trip, I didn't make it there. Uh, I had chances to go to Palermo before, and I just kind of blew it. You know, young and working too much, and not taking the time I needed well, to go. Yeah. Visit well, you're the roots. young. You'll still get there. I didn't oh, get yeah. there till you know my late fifties. <laughs> I gotta so, go. I gotta go. I'm. I really want to be there. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's pretty cool. So I was just. I I had the opportunity to go to the fish market. This is like a month ago. And um, so if you're both of your grandmothers are Sicilian, I just want to know if that whole, you know, they're, they're very verbal. I mean, it was, it was really an experience because everybody's there yelling at each other in a kind way. They're just having fun with each other. But (laughs) see, since I don't speak Italian, I didn't really get that vibe. I thought there was some like, hey, you shut up over there. And it wasn't. It was just Bobby kind of ribbing. Yeah, it was just ribbing each other. So, um, but what, but so you had that, you, you were served Sicilian cuisine as you were, when you well, were a kid? Maybe? You know, like, I think not as much as you would expect. You know, my grandmother, like, my, my grandmother, my mom, my dad's side, you know, she was the more fluent Sicilian. She was the cook. My other grandmother, like, really, like, farm born on farm born and raised on the farm you know she's a school teacher um you know she her idea of cooking was like a well-done piece of meat you know mm-hmm. and uh but my grandmother my sicilian grandmother she was more like uh you know just good home cooking you know like honestly not like as much pasta or like ragus as you would think so like really like my my love for italian food actually came later than you might think but like the whole representation of Sunday dinner, you know, and like hanging with the family and having a well cooked meal, that was always in that was always there with my 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 grandma Sigler. So, so what is it about Italian food that that a- appeals to that appealed to you first? And do you mm-hmm. remember the moment when you said, "Man, this is I love this." I yeah, I do. I mean, I know. So like my like, you know, I've always loved. You know, of course, I've always loved spaghetti and like you know the classic Italian American. Uh, type of things, um, you know, kind of once I started getting into cooking, like, I think I was always kind of, you know, I, I think that we're the Food Network era, you know, like my age, you know, when we were, when I was a teenager, you know, we watched a lot of, a lot of the Food Network stars come up, you know, the Bobby Flay days, the Mario Batali days, you know, I loved Molto Mario, dude, I thought it was like a great show, I thought it was like the most well done, I thought he was cooking amazing food, and I really started to like really try to get into it then and then I tried to start cooking more Italian food at home and when I got into it and then really the person that um, that really got me into Italian cooking and it's much more of a northern style than 
uh, of Italian food is, is Michael Tusk in San Francisco. And when I was interning there, um, I just, I, I was floored. I was floored. I was so impressed. And at that moment I said, this is, well, this is what I'm going to do. You know, it's interesting because you're not the first one to talk about Food Network influencing you uh, when you were younger. When I was younger, we didn't have, I mean, we had Graham Care. I'm aging myself. Right. And Julia Raging Child. Cajun. Raging Cajun. But so, but what, what I was exposed to was sports. And right. so that was almost a dead end for anybody who wasn't going to be a superstar, sure, right? Course, so you could, you could love and play baseball and basketball and football, but then at some point it was going to end. The beautiful thing about cooking and, and having that influence is you can, you can be good at it and keep going. Mm. You're, not, you're not knocked out at some level when you're 18 years old if you can't make a squad. Yeah. You can make a kitchen. That's very true. There's a ton. There's a lot of kitchens out there. You know, it's not right. like it's not like playing. Uh, you know, division division one baseball or or something like that. You know, definitely there's a especially in Portland. You know, there's a lot of restaurants out there. There's definitely a lot of squads that'll love to oh, have. Oh yeah, a lot there are people. a lot of squads that'll take someone with no experience. <laughs> sure, now. of course, that's of course. a challenge. Of course, and then it's like it's just whatever that level of dedication you have to get you to the next level. You know. It always takes dedication, no matter what it is, sports or cooking or any career, really, you know? So let's, let's while we're there, while we're in, let's address that elephant in the room. While we're there, this day and age, that dedication, I hear, is tough to come by in some of the young, younger people that you would hire to start at the low entry-level positions at a restaurant. Of course. Well, you know, these kids want lives these days, you know? <laughs> Go figure, right? Um, but uh, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely hard. You know, it's a lot of sacrifice in the beginning. And, you know, and also like uh, these day and age, like the the labor uh, model is much different. You know, you're not, you know, I would come from the days where, you know, your clock in times one thirty, you show up at 11 because you want to learn how to break down the pig and you break down the pig and you set up your station and you make all your braises and all that stuff. And then you, you go to your station, uh, you know, this day and age, like, first off, that's, you know, crazy illegal and uh number two like it is more about uh sustainability for people these days you know that's what everybody's trying to work for everybody's trying to you know this industry has done so much there's been a lot of tragedies with with some of those chefs that have worked their asses off for to get where they're at and uh you know like and then look 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 at like look, look at the chef suicides you know from all the major chefs the big public figures and you know look at all the the health declining you know, it's like it, it does a real strain on your health, you know, your social capabilities, who you are, the people that strived and claw and, and, and try to get to the top, you ended up at the top alone, you know? And so I think that uh, nowadays, you know, they want, they want to, tr- we really want to try to figure out the sta- sustainability of it, you know? And how's that going? Cause it's a, it's a constant <laughs> challenge because the bar keeps moving yeah. with, um, with, minimum wage laws Mm -hmm. and you mentioned some other things that are completely illegal to have someone come in early and not get paid let me ask you this if someone if someone was really motivated and they said to you i don't care i'm coming in early is that still illegal for them to come in early and have them not on the clock well it's just it's not it's not the practices that we practice anymore you know it's kind of like you know you you appreciate that out of somebody Mm-hmm. But it's not really something you can really allow um, while running a business these days, you know? Like, it's just not something that, that you know, that you're really comfortable doing, you know? I mean, there's too many, there's too many lawsuits, there's too many, there's too many of these things. You never know what's going to trigger somebody 
you know like i mean it's in restaurants a battlefield man you know you never know what's gonna happen you know so many things have to go right just to make a little bit of profit <laughs> absolutely correct man. i mean so much so you can have everything go right and then you know you mentioned this morning when we first said hello personally your your furnace is out yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. So you're thinking my life is good, and then all of a sudden, boom. I'm wearing a. I'm like opening the door. I got gloves on. I got a scarf around my neck. I'm wearing a sweatshirt. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> right. But how many how many things in a restaurant can oh, in the course of a day go wrong that screw up the day? It's constant, constant putting out fires. You know, constantly. There's never, you know, like even when you think you're like, okay, this is great. This is gonna go great. Something happens. You know, like. Saturday night, you know, two cooks got sick, you know, and it's like, you know, they're scrambling to get uh, get everybody ready to go and, and find out the, the, you know, the proper measure to get through service. So. So what does it take? How long have you been cooking now? Uh, so professionally about, you know, 13, 14 years. Okay. So what motivates you? Because I always wonder this because I get tired of doing the same thing for more than five years. What motivates you in the morning to think uh, today's going to be a great day and not, ah, <laughs> uh, shit? Because you can never decide not to go. That's yeah. the one thing that always has, I think one of the things that has endeared me to the industry so much is because it's so different than I am. I could never get motivated to get up every day and do that same hard work. How do you do it? Well, I think it's, uh, you know, it's it's passion. You know, I mean, I, lo- I really love what I do. I think that. Uh, what is, but what is it that you love so much? I is love, it making well, people happy? With I, I do love that. I also love the pressure, honestly. Like, uh, there's a lot of pressure to it. And and uh, sometimes to get to get the brain moving correctly, like a little bit of pressure, a little bit of, um, you know, angst is good for you. And I honestly, like, I got addicted to the adrenaline of it and. Um, adrenaline's are, you know, adrenaline is a big part of the restaurant, you know, when pressure hits, when the rush is there, you're going to choose to either rise above it and figure out how to get through it, or you're going to break down. And I think that that's the moment where for me, um, I like to excel. Like I love, I just, I love that moment, you know, I live for that moment. So it's, so that's what it's about. You know, it's about, and also like, it's a little bit about power, you know what I mean? (laughs) Of course. So, um, and just. You know, I do love to make people happy. There's nothing better than when somebody comes up the window and is like, thank you so much. That was amazing. That was the best pasta or or whatever. You know, that margarita pizza was really, really good. Remind me of being in wherever and, and as a kid or like that's what you want. Like when you like can create a memory for somebody that reminds them of their childhood, that's what it that that's what it's all about. You know, that, those moments. So you don't want someone to come up to you and say, Thanks so much for that margarita pizza. It reminded me of being in Wyoming. As a, <laughs> well, hey, man, if that's, uh, if that's where their best, their fondest food memories are, that's fine, you know? No, you got Wyoming's got great pizza. Not many people know that, you know? <laughs> Do they? I, I'm sure it does. You know, every place has got to have its good pizza now, yeah, right? Yeah, Court, I've, been, I've been through Cheyenne. I'm trying to think of what I remember in Cheyenne, and I don't think it was <laughs> the pizza. Food. But there's no. someone, someone there knows of Those a good pizza limits. place. Oh, sure. At, but, le- you know, at least within, <laughs> in Wyoming, it would be within 300 miles, which is close. <laughs> yeah. Sure. But, yeah, I don't know. Should we go down the pizza pizza route again? We're always going down the pizza route. I'm, I'm always down for pizza. So Everybody loves pizza. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. It's a, For me, it's, you know, I, uh, uh, it's one of the, 
uh, foods that can be prepared very differently by many people, sure. and everybody's got their own likes and dislikes. Absolutely, and man. So uh, opinions, I, man. You know. But when I moved out here, I was. That's what I used to say. I really miss pe- great pizza. I can't say that as much anymore. Yeah, there's great pizza around here. There's really good pizza. Not to say that I don't love going back and having what I can get back there. Sure. Um, you talking East Coast or talking New Haven area? New Haven. Talking, you know, and. The big clam pie, yeah, yeah, for sure. I know what you mean. It's been I've I've had glimmers of hope here, but then it, yeah. it fades. I know what you mean. I so, um, speaking of, we're doing an event. We are, yeah, I can't wait. We're it's doing a PFA January fourth. That's now. right. Would you make? You don't have to clam pizza. Yeah, would you make a, like a little welcome clam pizza? <laughs> for yeah, people? dude. You know what? That's not a bad idea. At all. I think it would be fun. It could be great. Um, because, you know, I've gotten into that. I, uh, Vinny at The Crown is, does a nice clam pizza. So he's been, we've been doing that. But at any rate, I digress. Mm-hmm. Where were we? So you were a young man in Nebraska <laughs> and made your way to culinary school in California. Yep. Through, right? by way of Nashville, Tennessee. And then. Um, so when was Nashville? Because that's now become the new Austin. <laughs> yeah, right? Nashville. Well, this was pre-Nashville before, like. You know, you had all your nice meat and threes, but way before Husk, Nashville. And uh, I moved there from Nebraska to go to Middle Tennessee State University um, and, you know, and just get out of Nebraska. <laughs> My so, brother was there, so I was like, I'm out. So what, your brother was in, in yeah. Tennessee? Yeah. That's what drove you there. I was curious as to what would yeah. cause <laughs> you to go. I would think <laughs> someone from Nebraska might want to go to Chicago. Just, you know, big city. Get out of yeah, the... Of course. But instead, you went to Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, you know. And how big was that school? It was biz big. It's Division One. You know, it's uh, it's got one of the largest uh, um, MTS. music programs. MTSU. MTSU. One of, one of the largest music programs in the country. Really? So, yeah. Oh, so that's so, like a feeder for the Grand Ole Opry uh, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, is where it's at. Okay. And it's a little spot, maybe twenty miles outside of Nashville. And uh, it was amazing. Like, it was an amazing town. I love the town. Like, it's you go to the bars, and, and, like, any night of the week, like, pretty much Wednesday through Sunday, there's live music with young bands performing. And uh, it was a great, it was an amazing college town. I had, I had a great time. Do you think you would have said that about most towns coming from the middle of Nebraska? <laughs> now I'm going to get shit from Nebraska people, I know. I think it's a lot, dude. But <laughs> how big was your town growing up? Uh, so the town I was actually raised in until I was about 15 was 811 people. Okay. And, and how uh, many is it now? It's, uh, it's about it's... 911 people. Okay, I was going to say 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and then... Um, and what uh, was the name of the town? It's called Junietta. Junietta. Yeah, okay, we... so I got to give a little shout out to Nebraska because I did my trip two trips around the country, mm-hmm. 12, 13, 14, 15 years ago now. And, um, you know, coming from the East Coast, Nebraska was always had a, uh, vi- uh, um, the rap that it was, you know, corn and obviously cool. and flat and yeah. there was nothing to it. Yeah. I thought my drive from, from a Alli- Grand Island to Alliance huh? was one of the prettiest drives in the country. You know, Grand Island is right. That's right where I'm from, about there. Like, so that's Tri-City, Grand Island, Kearney, right. and Hastings. Right. I'm from, and then I moved to Hastings. So pretty much Hastings is where I say I'm from. Like, grew up there as a teenager and, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it's it's got its, you know, like, if you like an open plane, like, as far as the eye can see, you know, 
if you like uh if you like thunderstorms if you like uh if you ever want to chase a tornado man like that's nebraska's the spot you know i so i see people i see i can just hear the phones ringing to united van lines now in portland to get for people to run out there because they like thunderstorms. I'm headed to Nebraska. <laughs> it but, is one of the most beautiful things, though, like a, a Nebraska thunderstorm, Midwest thunderstorm. It's one of the, like, something about it so, like, comforting, you know? I was, um, so we did the baseball trip. Mm-hmm. We went around the country, went to baseball parks. So close, as close as we could get in Major League Baseball in Nebraska <laughs> was Royal Stadium, yeah. Kauffman Stadium. Yeah. And uh, there was a big storm that day, and I remember feeling... Like, wow, I am really, I love this. I am really in America right now. Sure. I can see in the distance the lightning, and yeah. I got all these lights and all these people dressed in blue. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. I so, remember that. I also, like, uh, the old uh, Omaha Royals, you know, the farm team. I remember being a kid, and, like, I loved George Brett, too, man. George Brett was, like, he was, to me, he was, like, he was another hero, you know? And, like, uh, I remember going to the Omaha Royals, and, and when they played the Kansas City, and, and Brett, I mean that was when uh that was when he uh his father was ill and he's like wasn't there and they got stomped by the Omaha Royals, man. It was crazy. The Kansas City Royals <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah. So let me ask you this. If you could do it again, would you rather be Mario Batali or George Brett? Uh I'd like to be George Brett. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I thought that was the answer you should have given. Definitely, man. I mean, uh, I think a major league baseball player—that's that would be the that was the ultimate dream, you know. I still think it's it would yeah. be the ultimate thing. I After never watching the World Series, and, never had those skills, you know. Yeah, well, it's really incredible when you think of how many kids start playing baseball and then how many end up in the major leagues. So, yeah. and I've said that about cooking too. A lot of people start and not many end up running a place like Renata. Yeah, a lot of people give up early for sure. It's, it's yeah. Uh, Backbreaking work. You so, know? how is Renata doing? How did you feel when uh, six days in you got Restaurant of the Year? How did, how great <laughs> were you that day? Well, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of emotions there. You know what I mean? It's like uh, there's a lot of why. Yeah. Well, I would imagine it would be. I, I feel really good about this, but what? <laughs> yeah. How could, I couldn't I have mean, earned this. You know, eventually, you know, it's like it's kind of like eventually that's where we wanted to be, and that's something that we wanted, and. You know, we, we, I mean, Karen Brooks said it the best, you know, we were very ambitious, you know, and, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, yeah. And as, as we are, you know, as we still are, you know, we're ambitious. We know who we are. We know what we want to be. And, and, uh, you know, we put ourselves out there, you know, so that beginning was, was, was insane. That was, uh, you know, I've been a part of a few like crazy restaurant openings like that. And, um, this one was it was a monster, man. It, it, it was in the beginning. It was a monster, you know. Did you find that anybody uh, could you discern that anybody was resenting you a little bit? Because there are a lot of people <laughs> who've been in this town for a long time, yeah, of course, dude, working yeah. their way to the top. <laughs> you step in. Who's this guy, Matthew? And I think some people knew Nick, and yeah. right, the, yeah, Nick was was raised here, right? But so, mm. but but from what I remember reading, and I can only remember what I can remember. It was these people coming in from San Francisco of course, to yeah. open in this restaurant, which... Already, they don't really love around here. <laughs> well, but on the other hand, if you talk to a lot of chefs, many of them either came from the Bay Area right. or many chefs that we've interviewed on this show decided not to go to the Bay... They wanted to go to the Bay Area, right. but it was just less expensive here to, yeah, to so. the cost of entry into the the 
food world was lower here. Even, not even to open a restaurant, just to be to live. Absolutely, man. It's so, much more affordable. So uh, people understood that. But I'm curious as to whether you felt any bit of uh, <laughs> snot, snottery. I think, they, I think that they uh, did an interview. Um, they interviewed a lot of chefs around town when that happened. And, you know, I think that a lot of the <laughs> responses were things like, oh, give me a million dollars. I'll open up the best restaurant in Portland. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, hey, six months is way past. You know, we're in, we're well into year number two. So um, we're going into year number three. So, um, you know, I, there's definitely like there was and I get it. I get it. You know, I'm like took me a while to kind of become part of the community here and. And it's tight niche, you know, like it's a, it's a strong community of chefs and I can definitely see, you know, how that could, that could happen. You know, um, I, you know, I embrace it. I embrace the change. I embrace talented people coming into this town because, you know, I mean, this town is growing. It's inevitable, right? It's inevitable. There's trains around downtown. Yeah, we're in the middle of a pretty, uh, a big change right now. Absolutely. And you know, and I think that, I think that, uh, you know, forever, you know, Portland's prides himself on being an amazing food city and i think that uh allow the talent in and 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 be a great food city i think is the, is the thing do you think it's going to be the same kind of great food city because one of the things that made portland a great food city is you had so many uh things happening because people could afford to take a few chances and afford to open a food cart and afford to open a restaurant not all restaurants open like renata with you know with so much cash <laughs> And for years, that's the way it happened. Now it's changing, and it's becoming, I think, from what I've discussed and read, a little more like Seattle because you you got to hit the ground running and make a profit. Absolutely, and that's not as easy in this environment now. It's not easy, you know. But I think that you're you're going to see a make it or break it kind of situation, you know. And like, I mean, you've seen you've seen a lot of good restaurants close, you know, and like because this town is very oversaturated in food and undersaturated undersaturated and people going out to eat. So, um, you know, I think that it's too easy to get an easy buy, a cheap buy here. And so, you know, the strong will survive and we'll see what happens. You know, I think that that sit down, fine dining sort of area era is like, is, is, is winding down. And I think that, uh, the, the day and age of the fast casual is, is fast approaching. Well, it's already here. It's just a matter of how, you can't see Renata going to you walk up and order at the counter and go sit down, right? <laughs> it's too late for Renata for that, you know. We're, right, we're, but, we're already in it. But I think there are a lot of people who don't want that experience. I mean, I like to go in and sit down and have sure. that, you know, we're kind of used to that experience. Sure, sure. And also there's the the issue of reservations or not reservations, but um, I don't think that's going to go away. And I think it's going to, I have to imagine there's going to be some pushback when you have, when businesses grow, which has to happen in Portland for this to, to sustain the housing market. Of course. And as businesses grow, people are, you're going to see a few more expense accounts maybe, and they're going to expect <laughs> more of that fine dining experience. So while yeah, the right. market is sort of going towards fast casual, I'm not so sure that the, I mean, the restaurants are, I'm not sure that, so sure the market wants to, you know, accept that across the board. Right, of course, sure. it's good to have variety. You got, yeah, you got. I mean, you got to have your sit down spots. You know, I mean, it's got to happen. But you know, also like there are a lot of people around in the surrounding area of Portland. What is there? There's there's a million plus. You know, a million and, six, seven, I think a million six. Sounds about right. I mean, that's a lot of people, man. And like you know, like you got to start to think about being a successful business owner and how do you feed the masses? You know, how do you feed the masses? 
you know, old spaghetti factory's got it figured out. You know what I mean? People are knocking down the door over there. So like, I think it's about, it's, I think there's a, there's a nice balance of, 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 of that and also being strong business owner these days, you know, let's uh, take, let's take Matt out of context court and make the announcement that on right at the fork, you know, so Renata's going to start leaning towards old spaghetti factory <laughs> in, in terms of how they, how I was, <laughs> I was going to put the quote from this episode, <laughs> right? Old Spaghetti Factory. They've got it figured out. Right, exactly. <laughs> but then again, I do love me some Old Spaghetti Factory. Dude, I mean, you know, come on. Those guys are making money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. After living in... I, so how, you've been here three years now. But yeah, you're cooking, years. so you're busy. You don't have these decisions to make all the time. But I find that there's a little bit of snobbery against places like that. Because, you know, sometimes you just do want to go out for... A meal that you might be able to get in Nebraska, of course, right? Man. Something I'm yeah. trying to think of it offhand, but um. you know, I think that the thing about like dining out is, you know, I mean, you know, we're all judgmental, you know, and like, you know, you can't honestly, you can't hate on the people that are that have been doing it and give people affordable meals, you know. Yeah, or just that you know are buying from Cisco, <laughs> right? I mean, once in a Cisco. while. Dun, dun, dun. So, and that's an interesting question. All of a sudden, I'm, the the Impossible Burger. I'd love to have be a topic on this oh, yeah. podcast because uh, I had one at Superbite. Oh yeah, the, they were nice enough to. I guess it was like. Anyway, we tried it, and I thought it was delicious. And then I see the next day someone posting about the Impossible Burger, and I'll. And there's this whole side saying, this isn't food. You shouldn't have it. It's not, you know, and I would like to have that conversation. What do you, how do you feel about the Impossible Burger? Oh, I don't, you know, I mean, I think that they took a lot of people a lot of time to develop it. Yeah. And, um. Is it science or is it food? <laughs> it's, you know, I think it's, well, you know, I mean, food is science kind of, you know, I think that, uh, um, I don't know. I mean, it's beets, right? right. I mean. Well, the way, my response to one of the uh, things that I heard directed at me when I said it was it was tasty, was it was not it was not a life changing decision for me to order that burger. Right. It was just a decision in the moment to say, "Hey, okay, I'll try, I'll try it." it. Yeah. And uh, you know, I didn't make the decision that I'm going to order one every day for the rest of You'd my life. You'd rather have a normal burger, I'm sure, right? I yeah, I <laughs> wanted to taste it, but it was not a you know, it was not. Yeah, I got a little vilified. Um, for that decision, I said, "Listen, I was just sitting at a restaurant <laughs> with somebody, and we ordered it. Right? It wasn't a big deal. Um, I'm not changing the world by having that one burger. <laughs> and anyway, so I was curious about that. But I also, <clears throat> I was going there because there are restaurants, little places that I like going, like uh, that are just good, decent breakfasts, like Banning's Pie House. <laughs> I go to in Tigard. That's not in anybody's conversation in the Portland food world, but." Am I awful for going there? I don't. I don't think so. No yeah, way. Yeah, you just—it's that's like that's 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 the roots, you know. Those yeah. are the roots. Well, it's just another place. Yeah. Plus, I also would say that, um, you know, there's a bias towards downtown Portland, and you know, the four quadrants close in, and I li- I don't live close in, so I get a little tired of driving. So sometimes sure. I'm looking for the closer places, and some of those people who are expanding have not thought about those of us in far southwest right well you know i think that that's i think that you you know smart business people will you know well that's where where i was going as the as the metropolitan area grows and i think you were alluding to it you're starting to allude to it before as the metropolitan area grows then there are going to be some opportunities out in beaverton and vancouver 
Lake Oswego and Westland, places that are not looked at as part of the food scene here. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think that that's, uh, you know, it's like um, the only way to truly survive is is, is thinking outside the box like that, you know, and, and creating a smart business and, um, you know, and expanding where, you know, you, you, can, you can be successful. Get in before the market takes off, you know. So did you do that with Renata? Have you, what are some <laughs> of the things you've learned that have people love? Because it's, I believe, and I didn't write it down. I just saw peripherally Willamette Week gave Renata, mentioned it as some as, as coming into its own or gave it some. I haven't read the article yet. I, yeah, I, haven't, I, saw, I haven't seen it yet. I, I just think... saw something quickly on Facebook. But are there some things that you've learned people love and there are some other things that you've had to tweak that haven't, worked as well that have frustrated you yeah you know i think that uh i think that you know people don't want to be challenged so much you know and 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 when you're a younger chef i think that you know you really want to try to show off technical skills and and all that kind of stuff i think that now the biggest technique is simplicity and i think that people just want good solid food that doesn't make them have to think when they come to a restaurant like renata if you want to think, go to Castagna. You know what I mean. It's like it's like that. There's there's restaurants for that, mm-hmm. and I think that. So I think definitely simplicity hits a little bit better. And um, how does that balance work for you? So when you're under a little pressure a couple of years ago, uh, being named Restaurant of the Year, that was pressure. I mean, holy course, shit. Yeah. So how do you say, okay, I'm going to knock this simplicity thing out of the ballpark? <laughs> well. You know, I, I'm uh, those days I was notorious for overcomplicating things for myself. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, like I definitely didn't make the beginning very easy on myself. And uh, um, you know, I mean, I'm I'm the kind of person who's like, you know, we do whole animals and stuff, and and you know, rotating the menu was just part of who I was and who I who I wanted to be. And um, you know, and you know, you you braise out a pork shoulder, and two days later they say, okay, what are we looking at on pork shoulder? Uh, we're out, chef. We don't have any more. And it's like, oh well, great. I gotta to change this pasta tomorrow, huh? And it's just like this rapid. So we were really in the vortex of of that, and you know, in the beginning, we we're just kind of like, uh, you know, that award make it made us hit a little bit of survival mode. You know what I mean? And we we're just kind of like just doing what we had to do. As we kind of came out of it, um, you know, much more thoughtful on 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 dishes and whatnot. But I do like, I you know, I like the multi multi element. Uh, aspect you know like if you do a vegetable on a set you know i like to see that vegetable done like you know more different ways to make that that gives it like the simplistic view but like gives you a little bit of complexity in the dish you know without thinking too hard about it so i hate to keep coming back to it but i find it fascinating because that was a big story two years ago and you were right in the middle of it sure right so (laughs) nobody was you and and the owners of the restaurant are right in the middle of that how did that how did you what what were some of the conversations that you were having? Did, did you try to ignore it and just say, screw it, let's forget that and let's do what our plan was before this happened? Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, you you can't you can't really just divert to the first plan. You know, it's like you're 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 in it, man. I mean, you're doing you know thirteen thousand dollars on a Tuesday and you're like you're going home. Like, what just happened to us? You know, that's like a Friday. You know, we just had a Friday night on like a Tuesday. And, um, you know, people were banging down the door and, um, people are like, they really come after you in that, that, that situation. You know, they want to like, let's see what this hype's about. Let's see what this hype's yeah, about. Yeah, that's so what I come meant. In, that's that's, what, that's diff- a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure and, you know, and it's a difficult thing to channel through, but, uh, you gotta just keep 
we just were like, let's just keep our head down. Let's keep doing what we do. You know, we know we know who we are. We we know we're good to restaurant people. Like we all have talents. And did you have pushing hard? Did you, were you questioning yourself? Or did you go home at night and go, can I? Am I the guy for this? Uh, no, I think I was welcoming in the beginning for sure. I think that you know, it definitely had you know. <laughs> I, I started drinking more coffee, and I definitely had a little bit of well, a it's better than drinking like, more bourbon. This, well, yeah, well, plenty of that too, man. And well, you know, that was funny because uh, uh, opening of Renato was the first time I ever discovered uh, yerba mate. And uh, one day, I was like, I was like, man, we are in it right now. Like, we got to get going. And I took this yerba mate, and I like, and I was so busy, I just like chugged the yerba mate, and I was like, okay, let's go. And I just, boom. I got like this adrenaline, caffeine rush. I'm running around the restaurant pointing at people like, hey, no, you, there, you, this, no, not like that, like this, do that, do this, you over here. And I'd be walking out of rooms and everyone's like, what did you just say? <laughs> you know, so it was, uh, um, you know, there's definitely um, uh, situations where where we really kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, just kind of had to go above and beyond and, and just I'm- working our... I'm impressed that it was yerba mate because years ago that would have been cocaine, right? <laughs> yeah. That the chef would have yeah. been running around every day like that. Well, yeah. Well, that's why that's why I consulted in Colombia, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So that worked for you. Were there any Were there any um, chefs or any pe- food pe- people in the food world that reached out to you when you you know you were new to Portland that made you feel particularly welcome? Is there anybody that comes to mind? Uh, you know, like I think that. Uh, um, you know, Will and Joel uh, at Holdfast were were great friends in the beginning. I met them kind of as I was coming in when they were at Kitchen Crew, and you know they were very embracing. You know, I mean Joel worked with uh, Nick at uh, at um, uh, the French Laundry, and um, they were great. You know, we we did some collaborations right away, and um, I think that you know Earl Earl was always a great guy. You know, like he, he he's a big supporter of restaurants. Came in like in the beginning and. Is there anybody more humble than Earl? Earl Ninsom we're talking about at Longbon, Hot Yai, and and Padi. I mean, he's a great dude, for sure. He definitely deserves all the accolades he gets, and uh, Hot Yai is is, going to be his ticket, you know? Because that's fast casual. Absolutely, man, and and it's delicious. So here he is. So this is interesting. So you just said Hot Yai is going to be his ticket, yet... He also runs Longbon, where there's a six-month wait, and that's not his ticket. Well, you know, I think that that's think about all the more operating costs that go into running a Longbon versus a Hot Yai. You know, it's like uh, and food costs. I mean, I, look, Longbon is is amazing restaurant, man. It's 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 terrific. I've, I've eaten there a few times, and it's it's like it's he floors you. You know that little scallop cup, that thing oh, is yeah. like the best. We're not and, discussing the the yeah. <laughs> uh, the greatness of the the food, but the business model, right? Of course, is interesting. Yeah, I think that. But you know, you have you have you know you have to pay those people more money, and um, you know they're they're there a lot longer, and uh, you know, and they and how many covers are they doing? You know, not a ton. So well, they're doing the maximum. Yeah, that they're they doing can the max do. exactly. So I think that I don't know. Like I mean. Honestly, like, uh, I think that you're doing more people out of Haya and like, uh, you know, I think that you you don't need as many people to run it either. Right. So do you ever want to have a little, uh, quote unquote empire like that? <laughs> I mean, you know, you have a bunch of dreams of things that you want to do. It's like, uh, 
Um, I, there's a lot of things I want to do, you know, I mean, you know, we did Philia, we got Philia and, uh, Philia is a fast casual like cafe and, why don't you explain um, what that is? Because I would imagine most people don't know what Feely is. So Feely is in the Rejuvenation Building on Grand, and um, it's uh, just a just a it's a cafe, breakfast and lunch. Um, it's a nice spot. You can go get a good coffee. It's a great sitting area, um, and then uh, you know sandwiches and salads. Kind of played it up on the pass. So really, really nice. Kind of like a very healthy concept. Sandra, I think, was really a big pusher for that concept and. It really fits her and who she is as a person. So, it's a, yeah, I think it's great. I That's haven't why. been. I have to go. Yeah, you should check it out. I haven't been to Renata enough either. A few times. Yeah, I've only seen you a couple of times there. Yeah. I can only get look. I can only oh, get guy. so you're many. Busy pl- guy. <laughs> well, no, it's not so. It's that. It's not so much that. Mm-hmm. But how many restaurants can someone go to unless they're doing a restaurant a night, which I'm not doing any longer. Right. I did that for years. Yeah. And I blew up to a weight that was crazy. And uh, I've brought it back down a little bit. So I'm no longer, I've always felt guilty when I'm looking you in the face and saying I haven't, <laughs> many people, I haven't been to your restaurant enough. On the other hand, having lost some weight and become a little healthier, I'm not feeling as guilty <laughs> right. any longer as I used to because I can only go so many places. No, I hear that. You're, you're right. And there's, there's so many, like when you say, what's your list? The list is huge. You it's know? And you're crazy, like, especially for a guy like you who can't get out a lot. You're yeah. busy. We, what nights do you have off? Uh, Sunday, Mondays. Yeah, so the, and a lot of places are closed on Mondays. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Your opportunities are limited. So the kind of things I do is pick and choose. Tonight I'm going to, you know, Naomi Pomeroy's doing her 10 for 10, I think. Is that what it uh-huh. is? Is that what it's called? It's a, I think so. Well, it's that Beast, right? Yeah, there's a and, collaboration with Peter yeah. Cho and... and um, Jamie B. Sonnet, I think, is there, right? No, not tonight. Oh, not no, tonight. it's Ryan Roadhouse. Oh, okay. And, uh, oh my Thought God. Portland guys. Yeah, but it's so going to one dinner cover, you know, I get to enjoy four different chefs at the same time. So those are the kind of that's things. That's going to be like. great. No, that stuff's fun. I agree with that for yeah. sure. But um, but I can't get to every restaurant. En- Here's what I decided. I can't get to every restaurant enough to even satisfy myself. So I should stop. <laughs> that's why Gary's on the podcast. Yeah, okay. Because he's he's represents right at the fork. And doing that. And certainly, Court, you're doing your part in getting out to restaurants. Oh, yeah, like, you know, once or twice a year, <laughs> I'm, I'm able to sneak away. Yeah, well, we get out one, Yeah, we get out once or twice, but once in a while I get a little note from you, where should we go? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's always the hardest question. It's not hard. It's easy. Yeah. Someone geographically, but um, but we all try to get out. Where do you get out? Where do you like to, where have you enjoyed uh, you know, like I, that, you know, a lot of places. You know, I love uh, um, Dead Shot on Mondays. You know, yeah, that's, that's uh, a that's good a great, Monday thing to great do. Concept. I hope can't wait for those boys to get their brick and mortar. Um, I like Expatriate a lot. I think that that uh, there's great drinks there, and their food's always pretty, really, really good. I'm grabbing drinks there tonight. Before oh, man, see, I, like I get place, to say, man. I've <laughs> done that a yeah. few times. Tea leaf salad is like is legit, you know. Right, and the cocktails there. Oh, they're so good. Are yeah, fantastic for sure. Um, of course, I like a late night reel them in. You know. Um, so is that your favorite <laughs> fried chicken around, or is it just a late night? Well, vibe? you know, <clears throat> that's a tough one. You know, I mean, uh, there's a, there's some good fried chicken out there in this town. I think that reel them in is. Up there because, you know, you got the condiment array, you know, like 
And chefs and, can go there. It's <laughs> yeah. they're open late. Yeah, and I think Woodsman Tavern has some really good fried chicken as well. As do you think that's changed now that I mean, no, I don't mean change for the worse. <laughs> change for the better now that Doug Dougie's there. Well, you know, Dougie and fried chicken. You know, they're Doug Adams. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would think. I was thinking it's got to be. I'm sure. Cool. I'm sure he's definitely like doing his magic over there. You know. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a great guy. And then the waiting room has great fried chicken too. You know. Really? Yeah. I have not been there. That's a good. You should go check out the waiting room. It's let's put it on the list. <laughs> there are zillions of them. So I'm just trying to look up because I missed one of the chefs tonight and I don't want to miss. So I'm looking that up. And it was so it was Ryan Roadhouse, Peter, and Naomi and Emily at Beast. So I wasn't oh, great. Uh, doing dessert. That's going to be great. That's, um, a, that's a strong, that's a powerhouse crew, you know? Yeah, for 50 bucks. That's that's nice. I know. You never so, would think. Who would have thought? And so, and Naomi's been there for ten years. Yeah. So, um, and she's great at what she does. How hard is that? How hard do you think it's going to be to stay in the mix for Renata at the ten year mark? Well, I mean, ten years, man. That's like um, that's institution worthy. You know, that's uh, I I've never been to Beast. You know, like it's uh, I it's, it's uh, some place I definitely have always wanted to go and. I just have never made it in, and um, but I think that's that's incredibly difficult. You know, she was here like, and she saw the surges, and you know, and she's still there, and she's still a powerhouse in the industry. And I think that's absolutely difficult. You know, hats off for sure. And the chefs she's bringing in for that series are really impressive oh, from around the guys. around the is it around the world or around the country? I don't the, I don't know what the, the country. Yeah, she's doing a bunch of different ones. Yeah, yeah, she's definitely she's, got when she's got the respect. Like she was top chef masters, right? Right. Yeah. She was, I think she got right down to the end there. Yeah, she's a badass. Yeah, she's great. Um, an expatriate <laughs> next door. So uh, someone goes into Renata. What if they say, Chef, what should I have? It's all in your hands. What would you, what would be the ideal meal at Renata? Well, I think you got to re- read in the group a little bit. And um, I would personally, what I would do is uh, I'd start off with a little charcuterie board and then. Uh, uh, maybe some fried olives and then go into like a smoked sturgeon dish that's on right now. And then, uh, and then pasta, you know, like, uh, I think, uh, I think that, uh, it, I think the hearth items are, are the unsung heroes there at, uh, Renata, you know, I think the, it took us a while to get the seasoning from that, from that, uh, area, but I think all those, they're so good. Right. Uh, so like, like try what? to, try to restrain on pasta a little bit, like maybe just do two and then. Just and do two. Pick, yeah, and then pick a hard That's for of. a few people, by the way, not just for one person. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, that's not that's one for person, Gary. You know? That's for Gary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gary, stick, he's stick got to step, two. He's got his Tupperware dishes. He'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> he can do 20. Yeah. So what are the, what kind of hearth dishes are you thinking about? Well, I think that, uh, you know, I I always love the pork chop there, you know. I think we always do a good pork chop, and uh, steaks are always nice. You know, sets change quite often, so, um, you know, I always, you know, when you, when you do the best thing I think we ever done have done off the hearth is when we do the dry aged beef. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, we'll get cows in, we'll age out a ribeye for fifty five days or so, and that hearth, like, you just smoke it above it a little bit, and then you kiss it on the coals. That is the that's 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 the winner, you know, all the time. Man, I wish I could do that all the time. I wish we could sell those things, and it's a great deal. Like, we'll put on like a we put on a sixteen ounce ribeye. And we'll sell it for 50 bucks. You know, it's like you go to a steakhouse and that's like 
seventy now. Yeah, you know. So like, I think that's. I think if you see a piece of meat like that on the menu, that's like that's like a must get, you know. And what's your favorite pizza to make and uh, to eat there? Uh, well, I love. Um, I mean, I love the classic salsicha, you know, broccoli rabe, sausage, you know, just a nice creamy cow's milk. Um, that for me is. If you put banya cow on top of that, like I mean, I'm in, you know, that's I'm a sausage I'm sold. guy. Yeah, first thing I go for is a sausage. Me too, man. You know, I love a if little sausage. A, if it's not a clam, <laughs> there you go, buddy. There you go. Um, all right. So listen, I'm looking forward to coming in January fourth and uh, having a group of people enjoy Renata. We so I initially wanted to do come to you guys in the beginning, but there was all that that. Bruhaha. <laughs> yeah, sure. And you I almost just, said hullabaloo. hullabaloo. I almost said hullabaloo. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You know me well enough. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Court, our our four year friend thing. Mm-hmm. Did you notice just came up on oh, Facebook? It? Yes. Oh wow. Who did so. and did either one of you share it? No, I didn't even notice it. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I noticed it. But it wasn't the whole full friend thing. It was just simply yeah. our two pictures. Right. You guys friends. know each other. Yeah. Hey. Exactly. <laughs> so um, it's a celebration. And I'm wondering if we friended each other right after we met or it, went, it was one of those things no, that I, down the road, nah, I'm not really going to friend him. I'm not going to look for him I'd, yet. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't do that too much on Facebook. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you probably friended me. I can't remember. Uh, Maybe I friended you. I don't, I don't know. know how that went. Yeah. Speaking of, that triggers me to, what are all the, uh, all the social media things that people should be looking for for Renata? Renata PDX, right? Yeah. At Renata PDX. At Renata PDX, on, PDX yep. At Philia PDX. Billy Americana PDX and um, they're uh, uh, yeah you know I think that uh, the Instagram the scram you know the scram yeah. seven nights a week over there <laughs> seven nights a week yep and what night so you're not there Sunday and Monday but it doesn't matter you've got your crew it's singing like a it's it's running like a top over <laughs> oh there. man yeah well oiled machine for sure <laughs> very good <laughs> the crew's good you know for good. sure. Well, thanks so much. Appreciate your uh, coming in yeah, on fairly it. short notice. Too. I had a great time, you know. Uh, we're gonna have we're gonna have more good times. Yeah, I can't wait. You know, I like good times. Good, <laughs> thanks. Uh, grazie mille. <laughs> Prego. Gra- no, no, no. I'm sorry. Grazie mille. <laughs> Prego. Okay. My friend Austria would be impressed that I got that right on the second try. Very, very nice. <laughs> right at the fork is brought to you by. Zupans, unsurpassed quality. From the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupans and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupans is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland, West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years, Zupans Markets. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right